It is the NFL Edge podcast. I'm Dave Rodler. She's Kristen Rogers, and together we are better than the Giants. We will start there, although it is a depressing way to start. You know what, Dave? I was going to say good morning. I was going to have something about yeah. you know, how we were both rooting for the Giants last night, or at least I was rooting for the Giants to keep it somewhat close, which I thought they could do after that first half, but I was proved wrong. Daniel Jones and and this this coaching staff is just it's killing me. Just like I I never thought I was going to be a Giants fan, but here I am, frustrated with the result of Monday Night Football. Imagine if you were a Giants fan. Yeah, that's a tough life for you. Ima- imagine if you really had skin in the game. How you how you would feel about this team right now? What, how are you feeling this morning? Do we need to? Do I need to throw on like my Fraser Crane like psychiatrist voice? Do I need to walk you through some things? Maybe so. Uh, you ever go to a funeral? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, much like, much like that. Like I'm going through the the stages of of grief. Y- you know what the truth is? I'm I'm just I'm angry now. Like I'm 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 blaming the 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 death on on the victim. I'm just I'm angry at what the Giants are because you know it's a problem. They make no changes. You have the same fool running things in Gettleman. The quarterback I, I think is. I don't think he's all that great. Um, the head coach leaves a lot to be desired. The offensive coordinator, like, you want to place blame everywhere. I think everyone gets blame. But the thing is, they just stink. And and it's five years of just being a bad team. And I, I know they'll make changes this offseason, but I I am beside myself right now with this team. Yeah, it was uh, it was really not pretty, especially in that second half last night. But I mean, Dave, as we we go back to this blame game, I mean, Joe Judge said post game to to blame the coaches. Yeah, put that on down. You can put that down tonight. You guys can write that tonight. Now the players got to execute. That's their job, right? It's our job to teach them. It's their job to go out there and execute. But we've got to make sure we keep putting them in a position to have success, and it's got to be consistently that way. You know, you can go ahead and write that down, and I'm not going to debate that. Do you? I mean, I know you said that you you blame everyone, but everyone. But but where 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 do we think the first domino is going to fall? Is it going to be Jason Garrett? Will it be Joe Judge? What what's going to happen first? Okay, I think it's between one of two when you talk about the first domino to fall. I, Garrett is going to have to go. That could happen potentially soon. I mean, you have Philadelphia this week. If you go out there and you're awful again and you lose to the Eagles and the offense can't move the football, yeah, I think I think there's a real chance that that Jason Garrett is gone. The domino that I know is going to fall, and I don't know if it's first or second and it could be first, is Dave Gettleman. That that's done. That that ship has sailed. He his his hog mollies, his, you know, stand by me, let's get this done. That's that's over. Uh Judge is also in that line of fire where he could go. And I think Daniel Jones is probably the last domino that could fall. But uh, I, I think you ever watch like in the, the dominoes, they start on the stairway and then they go down and then they go up and then they go around and then they go like through the door and then they go outside. And then like, exactly. and then like they, they hit a ball and the ball goes rolling down and then, and then more dominoes go like, that's what we have here. We, we, there are a lot of dominoes that can potentially fall. There are dominoes that will fall. I guess the question is, which is the first one? And that's either Gettleman or Garrett. I think if it's in season, it's Garrett. If it's postseason, and I don't mean playoffs, but like after the season is over, Gettleman is the first one to go. And I think the other question is not just which is the first domino to fall, but if these these dominoes falling are, if you're going to be able to rebuild a stronger foundation on top of the rubble, um, it's uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see. But last night was was not Daniel Jones's night. 
It was not the Giants' night. Uh, it was uh, Tom Brady's night, though. I didn't realize that he avoided his uh, a three-game losing streak, which if he had lost three straight games, it would have been the first time since 2002. Tom always yeah. just throwing you in were those six. You're, 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 I, you were two. You were I was a before child. you were born. Is a, the last time Tom Brady lost three consecutive games. Now you're now you're getting out of hand. Now you're getting out of no, hand. No, you you were of this planet. I was of this planet in 2002. Yes, very much so. But a child, like it would be strange if you were doing the show with me in 2002. I would. I was a ten year old girl. So yes. <laughs> yes, that would be very, very strange. Although I bet you you were still entertaining as a 10-year-old girl. All right, um, Philadelphia and New Orleans, this was just a – this was a disaster. I mean, Philadelphia hammered New Orleans. Philadelphia now 5-6. and six. Looks like they've, they've come back to life. They have an easy schedule. Dare I say the Eagles and the playoffs are something you can use in the same sentence? Yes, I think the Eagles can be a nine-win team. I mean – this they are they are right there in in that seventh wild card spot. I mean, this is I, I would go Eagles, I would go Niners, I would go Vikings. It's the NFC is just such a tight race right now. But I mean, how about the Eagles? I mean, not only are they committing to the run, but they're able to vary it up. Jalen Hurts with a a hat trick of rushing touchdowns uh against the Saints. It was a, a thing of beauty to watch. Um, but but realistically, it just feels like they they're competent on offense. There's no more, you know, there's no games where we're leaving and saying like, why did you run the ball twice? It makes, it feels like they're finally making sense. It feels like they, they finally have their education of what to do in the national football league under Nick Sirianni and they're executing. They, they really are. And it's, it, they're a hard team to run against. Their defense is pretty good. They run the ball. Well, Devonte Smith is excellent. Uh, the quarterback continues to be pretty good. And, all of a sudden, this is a team that I'm sure Philadelphia is very excited about them, and they beat New Orleans, and New Orleans was a team a couple weeks ago that we looked at and said, all right, where do you think they fall as far as the uh, the postseason is concerned? And now the question is, are they even involved in the postseason? Yeah, I don't think they are. I think this kind of sealed their fate that they are they are not um, playing past week 18 of this season. But, um, I mean, have to give some more kudos as well to, to the Eagles' defense. I mean, you, you talk about their run defense. How about Darius Slay? How about Darius Slay now with back-to-back games with touchdowns? I mean, this guy is just incredible. He's such a ball hawk. He's so much fun to watch. He's so entertaining. Um, and then as we look to the Saints' run defense, I mean, I can't believe I, I forgot to mention this already, but the Saints had the best run defense in the NFL going into this week, and the Eagles just ran right over them. Right over them, and and just the the excitement and the 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 joy that this is causing you is just wants me make me it throw. Feels up. good. Oh, it wants me to throw. It's going to cause me to vomit. Really, I mean, it is so unattractive. And you know, I'm a big fan of yours, but right now, I'm I'm not. I can see your green on the gills. I get it. In what was really a game that a game that set football back for for years, uh, maybe back to like the 1950s, Miami and the, and the Jets, um, and somehow Miami's won three games in a row. They're four and seven. They started Joe Flacco, did the Jets, and oh, now you see why, because that Miami defense just really, just really daunting, Kristen. You, you see why they went with Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> do, we, do, we, do we really need to get into this game? Uh, no, I say that tongue-in-cheek. This was, um, this was exactly what you would expect from a Miami Dolphins and New York Jets game. I, I still don't know. Have we understood why Joe Flacco? Like, I know we talked about this last week, but like, what is the benefit of Joe Flacco moving forward? Do they go with Joe Flacco moving forward? What what happens to Joe Flacco? Oh, no, it's it's got to be Zach Wilson. It does. I, I mean, right? I, I'm assuming that they're going to be start. So you have to. I mean, if you st- 
if you start Joe Flacco again, I, I I give up. Like I don't even understand what would be happening if that was the case. So I'm I'm confident they're going to start um, Zach Wilson this week against Houston. But well, I don't I don't know. I, I guess the only thing that I can say is they and I don't know that this is right, but I, I imagine it probably is. They were concerned that that Mike White would go out there play really well. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, do we now have to play him again, or can we go to Zach Wilson? Now it doesn't matter, right? I mean, Flacco was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't awful. He lost the game. There's no issue with going to Zach Wilson this week. I, I, I think, I guess that's the rationale behind it. That's a fair point. I mean, I'm still a little bitter that we saw the best of the best in Mike White, the worst of the worst in Mike White, and we didn't get to see what, what could come in, in a really a game three, so... A little bitter about that, but I get that. You you are correct. It needs to be Zach moving forward from for the confidence standpoint and for you know the the standpoint of of showing that this team is not in in total chaos right now. Yes or no? Miami has a a sniff, a whiff at the playoffs. They're four and seven. I don't know a sniff. Maybe it's like you're like you're you're outside doing yard work and then in the kitchen there's like the the something wafting you know there's like that that scent that very very faint scent it's not like a sniff but there's just like this you know maybe it's like pancakes or french toast or something in the morning that's like wafting to you that's what i think would would be with miami but it's like the wind can pick it up and blow it away at any other time so, so maybe like um, a, a turkey, uh, the smell of turkey wafting, like like all day, just mm, you smell it, like oh, what's what's that? Like a like a, a glimpse or, or or a smell, a sniff of the stuffing, like yeah. Thanksgiving week. I think that's the direction we should go in, right? For sure, for sure. But it's not it's not like an all day thing. It's like you're out like playing like turkey bowl football, like you're out playing some flag football or touch football, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, is that the is that the turkey? And then very quickly it disappears. Yes. Yes, uh, quickly disappears. Maybe like the hopes of the Carolina Panthers, who Ooh. were 500, Cam Newton, things are happening, and now they're not. Washington goes into Carolina and beats the Panthers by the score 27-21. Taylor Heineke, not great, but pretty good. Serviceable, for sure. I mean, he, he again, I think competent is the best um, compliment that I, I can give players in the NFL right now, especially in this chaotic 2021 season. Um, but he looked good. Um, DeAndre Carter looked good. I mean, there, there's there's something yeah, happening does. with Washington. And, uh, you know, you, you also have to think that Ron Rivera, you know, had something up his sleeve going up against Cam Newton in Carolina. Like, you, you just have to know that there I, – I get that it's a totally different system with Carolina – but with Cam Newton, you have to feel like maybe there's a little something that, that Ron Rivera was able to pull out of his bag of tricks. Yeah, uh, and that's now two in a row for Washington. And again, if you're going to be a team that, that chases that seven spot in either conference, you're four and six. Like, you you have a, a legitimate chance. And you're, you're home for Seattle on Monday Night Football, and you it's a pick'em game. You have a real chance to get yourself to five and six. And again, I'm not saying they will, but... I mean, maybe they do, and Carolina's still not not done either at, at five and six. But it was a it's not a good loss for 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 Carolina uh, against Washington. Speaking of a great win and a horrible loss, Indianapolis. Now, maybe one of us took them plus the points, and they won by twenty six. Maybe one of us didn't. But Jonathan Taylor, five touchdowns. Indianapolis hammers Buffalo. Wow, is all I can say. Yeah, this was this was one of two just shockers, maybe two and a half shockers of this week. Um, Jonathan Taylor is 
he has to be included in the MVP race at this point of the season. What he is doing right now is absolutely incredible for receiving touch or sorry, for rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. I mean, it was, we, we talked about how good this bills defense has been and can be, but now as we look back on, obviously Jonathan Taylor just ran right over them. But as we look back on the, the bills last, what five games, they're on two and three on that stretch. It feels like the Bills are are leaking air a little bit at this point of the season. The Bills don't seem right. They, they really don't. And we've talked about it. I think we were kind of ahead of things with this. And they, they can't run the ball at all. And that's a concern. They're very one-dimensional as far as just being a passing team. And, you know, their defense, which I, I thought was good, that that's not what a good defense looks like. I, I get it that they, the Colts have a good offensive line. And Jonathan Taylor's a good running back, and Carson Wentz is fine. But I don't look at that Colts offense and say to myself, that's a that's a, an elite, potent offense. And for them to go up and down the field and just to absolutely destroy Buffalo in Buffalo, yeah, I, I think there was a time not so long ago that we all would say Buffalo is the team from the AFC that will wind up in the Super Bowl. I'm, I don't know who it will be. But I have zero confidence right now that it's Buffalo. Yeah, and I mean, not just their defense, but I mean, look at the final score. It was 41-15. Buffalo's offense, which usually at least we think that they can, you know, outshoot their opponent, they were not in the same stratosphere in this game. That is cause for concern as well. All right, so I ask you this. I, I feel like it's weekly, and I think you give me a different answer almost weekly. I'll ask you again. Who do you like in the AFC right now to wind up in the Super Bowl. I like the Tennessee Titans. I am sticking with the Tennessee Titans. Really? I am. I am. I mean, I, I think that they're in a very strong position. Well, I know we're going to get to the Houston uh, Titans game here in a bit because as, as we talk about the, the two and a half shockers, shocker number one was Indy over Buffalo. Shocker number two was was Houston over over the, the, the Tennessee Titans. But with the Bills, it more feels like, like, like I said, they're leaking air. It feels like they are kind of not on a spiral, but that the the wheel is starting to get a little shaky. It's like you're on a bicycle and your back wheel is getting a little shaky. With the Titans, it feels like this genuinely was a a one game, not a fluke, but a, a one game, you know, kind of down. Just a one off? Yeah, just just a one off. I, I almost think that it could just be one NFC team and then just no one represents the AFC the way uh the way this season is going. But I guess someone's gonna have to get there. Um it won't play Cleveland, that's for sure. Not with that quarterback. Uh Cleveland I, I'll use the word beats, but they didn't really beat. They had, they had more points than Detroit in what was just a, a terrible game. Uh, Cleveland over Detroit, 13-10. Mayfield was not good, and somehow the Browns sit here at 6-5 at and five now on the season. Yeah, you're right. Cleveland did not did not beat Detroit. It feels like Cleveland just collected the win. It was like they were promised ahead of time, like you're playing the Detroit Lions, like here is a win for you. And they were just kind of collecting that as as they, they went about their Sunday. I mean, I we will we the first of all, the fact that Tim Boyle like kept this maybe somewhat <laughs> competitive was was entertaining. Um, but what happens with Baker Mayfield? I mean, we we have talked about the fact that he is likely not the the guy for this program long-term. But short-term, what do you do if you're the Cleveland Browns? What do you do with Baker Mayfield? What can, what can you do? I think you ride Baker Mayfield. I, I mean, I think you are crazy if you were to, to you know, go long-term with this guy. But what are you going to do? 
You want to go Case Keenum? I mean, they're they're almost the same quarterback in my mind, right? They're very similar. I'm I'm going to ride with Baker Mayfield, and if he gets hurt and he can't continue, then okay, I'll go to Keenum. And otherwise, I'm going to ride and 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 live to see hopefully another day with Baker Mayfield. But I I don't know what your real options are to be honest with you. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's maybe the the question about what value you would get from from shutting him down now versus to continue play him for the rest of the season. Um, it's. Uh, it's he's such an interesting guy because i i i mean his his on the field he's not executing off the field he's not executing he's like getting into it with browns fans it's just it's an awkward situation to watch unfold no it's like none of what he's doing there's like nothing redeeming about baker mayfield right now the only thing redeeming about him are those darn progressive commercials that i absolutely love with my heart and soul but that is not enough to have him be the starting quarterback for the cleveland browns anymore I, this is a man that lives at the stadium, Kristen. I know. I mean, he's full-time. He's so committed. He lives at the stadium, and, like, the, the stadium restrooms, and those are his home bathrooms. And, and still, he's just—it feels like even at home, he's just a, he's a, a, a mediocre at best quarterback. You know what? That's a great point, Dave. He is not protecting his home. He's not. He's doing a bad job. It's time to take the keys away. I, I yeah, but I just don't I, I don't want Case Keenum. Case Keenum is just he's lousy. So yeah, it's not a good situation. And the shame of it is, if they had a good quarterback, that's a oh, that's such a talented football team. Their running game is elite. Chubb is phenomenal. Their defense is good. But they will never go uh, all the way uh, with Mayfield the quarterback. Um, San Francisco, they were kind of dead and buried, right? A couple weeks ago, it's over for them. And when do they go to Trey Lance and Shanahan? Maybe some of the, the luster is off what he brings to the table. They hammer the Rams. They hammer the Jaguars. And, oh, looky here, San Francisco back to 500 now. Yeah, it, it feels like the a true riding of the ship. Um, and I think it's it feels like the Niners are just so um, – they, they just do such a good job of, of showing off what the entire NFC is, which is we have seen it. I mean, in basketball, we talk about games of runs, but it feels like the NFL this season has been game of runs as well. Um, I mean, to, to, to see the, the 49ers and I really go back to their win against the Rams, it to, to find that offensive rhythm, to see their defense continue to step up. I mean, again, Jacksonville, it's not like it's a, um, a very threatening opponent, but you're winning the games that you need to, and you're doing it in a dominant fashion as well. 49ers, like I said, when I go to that that seventh, uh, seventh seed or that seventh spot in the playoffs, I, I go Vikings, I go Niners, I go Eagles. Um, maybe, Dave, to your point about the AFC, maybe this is the time that we we take away the seventh spot from the AFC, throw it over to the NFC. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, we, we, go, we go six and eight. We do a little restructuring. Yeah, maybe, maybe we loan uh, the NFC a playoff spot for this year. But you mentioned the, the Niners. By the way, Niners-Vikings, huge game with uh, big ramifications this Sunday. Uh, but you mentioned the Niners. And you talk about, you know, you did what they, they should do, and that's hammer the Jaguars. That has not been the case. We saw the Jaguars beat Buffalo. We saw the Colts be in a, in a real dogfight against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been very competitive, and for the Niners to go out there and dismantle them, you know what? The Jaguars are not a very good team, but they have kept games close, and they did not do that against San Francisco. So that that was a, that was an eye-opener, I thought, for, for what San Francisco did. On a short week, right, after an emotional win to go out there, and hammered the Jaguars, I thought it was very impressive. You mentioned this game. This is terrible. Houston, 22. Tennessee, 13. Texans, second win of the season. But to go into Tennessee and hold them to 13 
and beat them by more than a touchdown and lead 19-0 at one point, I, I can't believe that we're sitting here discussing this scenario. Yeah, it was really ugly. It, it just felt like quite literally the perfect storm for, for Tennessee because you're playing in a downpour, what Ryan Tannehill just throwing interception after interception. Um, I, I mean... I, I, I again have this as the outlier game when I look at the Titans' recent string of games because they have put together signature wins without Derrick Henry. It, it just felt like the injuries truly caught up with them on Sunday. It felt like there was one too many pieces that were out. And I think when you start to get guys like Julio Jones healthy, when you start to get more reps for you know Adrian Peterson, for Deontay Foreman, it feels like things are going to fall back into place for Tennessee. We know what they can do without Derrick Henry, which is – greatness. I mean, obviously if, if I, I so am, I'm wanting them to go deep into the playoffs so that we can see the return of Derrick Henry and get the Titans to the Super Bowl. Cause that'd be so incredible to watch. But I, I say, this is the outlier game. Um, this, this was strictly injuries for me. Um, and uh, also just a good performance by the Texans have to have to give a little hat off to them. Yeah, te- Texans played well. Tannehill was terrible, but here's the thing now. Henry out. We don't know when he returns and hopefully he does, but even if he returns Julio Jones, out. A.J. Brown left the game. I, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, you like Vrabel. Their defense is, is good, but I I, I, I I, can't even argue with you that maybe Tennessee is the, the best team in the AFC, but that's not saying a lot about them. That's re- really more of a, a lack of confidence in in the AFC. I, I think I think there's concern if I'm a, a fan of the uh, of the Titans right now. I get that. I get that. I, I, I still... I'm still writing high on, on, on the Titans right now. I'm not going to start doubting this team quite yet. They have proved us wrong in, in many a scenario so far this season. Um, I will say, as we go back to one of the Titans' biggest wins against the Chiefs, I would be so interested to see that game played now. Um, and, and hopefully we're going to get something like that in the playoffs because the, the Chiefs finally look like a team that are are getting their act together. Um, and I, I think it would be a totally different situation um, here in Week 12-plus of, of this year. Uh, Minnesota and Green Bay. This is a great game. Rodgers was phenomenal. Devontae Adams was elite. Uh, Kirk Cousins played well. Justin Jefferson, sensational. Uh, back and forth we went. You thought Minnesota had it. Then Green Bay came back, took the lead. Then Minnesota scores. Then late drive, kicked the field goal at the buzzer. They needed the win. They got the win. Minnesota 34-31 um, over uh, Green Bay. G- really, really excellent game. Yeah, this this was incredible. This was my um my half game of the of the shocker, the two and a half games. Because again, you're not shocked when the this Vikings This was not a shocker. No, I'm not saying it was I'm saying it's it was the half game shocker because No. I I, no. I expect no. I, I'm not surprised by it, but I also would have put my money on Green Bay if I had betted on this game, and I, I did not for that reason. Yeah, but if you had listened to me, you would have put your money on Minnesota and then you'd be wealthy. Yes. Well, we're not getting into this right now. We'll get into the pig segment later in the show. Darn it. Okay. But uh, I mean, that said, it. I mean, again, I I put Minnesota maybe as the top team for fighting in that that wild card spot right now. I mean, in in the NFC, they are so good and they're so dangerous. I know we've said that about a lot of teams, or at least I've said that about a lot of teams. But I mean, this is a huge win for the Vikings and just a huge confidence booster as well when you're in those situations late in the season fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, and you know that you've beaten Aaron Rodgers and a good Packers team. Yeah, I, I would take the Vikings. Yeah, Vikings, uh, they they talented, right? That's for sure. I mean, Dalvin Cook is is elite, and they have a couple of terrific, terrific wide receivers, and their, their defense, uh, they're, they're hit or miss, but yeah, I think it all boils down to Kirk Cousins, and 
you know, there's this weird thing with Cousins when he's playing games at 1 o'clock. is just a different quarterback, and that proves to be the case yet again as uh, Kirk Cousins goes out there and plays well against Aaron Rodgers, and they, they beat the, the Packers in what was a, a much-needed victory for Minnesota. Um, this was a weird game. First of all, I don't know what's wrong with Lamar Jackson. Illness? Like, like I, I don't know. If I'm a fan of the Ravens, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that this is now like the second or third time that, that, that Lamar Jackson has been ill during the course of the week. They say it's not COVID-related, but he didn't practice on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wasn't on the injury list, right, on the injury report. And then all of a sudden popped up on Saturday as questionable and 50-50. Went to uh, Soldier Field, but couldn't play. But it didn't matter because somebody by the name of Tyler Huntley goes out there and and does enough to get Baltimore the victory. Yeah, it's you are right though. I mean, as much as we've talked about, even going back to preseason about the the injuries and the health status for the entire Baltimore team, uh, it felt like they lost every run. Well, they did essentially lose every running back possible on their team. But knowing that this is the issue that we now have to face with Lamar Jackson, like he is the piece that you you cannot lose. Um, the the Bears. I get that you know you're able you're able to get by with Tyler Huntley against the Bears because the Bears are in a, a downward spiral of their own right now and Justin Field is dealing with his own injuries but um, it is concerning. Um, I mean it, it is very concerning that we don't know you know because you're we don't know what can happen with Lamar Jackson. You are correct. Um, his his health status will continue to be a question mark if this is something that can pop back up you know in December or in January. Yeah, that would be a concern. But you know what? Good teams find ways to win even when they're not at their best. And I don't think there's anybody better than that than John Harbaugh. Like, he finds a way. And, you know, they all out blitz. And, and uh, Dalton hits Goodwin and long touchdown. And they take the lead 13-9. You think to yourself, wow, the, Chicago's going to beat Baltimore and really hurt their chances. And uh, I don't know how, but somehow Tyler Huntley, two-minute drill right down the field. And Devontae Freeman runs it in and... Baltimore, to their credit, beat Chicago by the final of of 16-13. This is a team that, and I remember that, not our show, not our podcast, but other shows, and not just one, like a lot of them, three, four weeks ago, are the Raiders the best team in the AFC? The Raiders are not a good football team. I mean, I I don't know whether you say it's the uh, the Gruden situation, the Henry Rugg situation, uh, if, if just... You know, it's too much for them to endure. But Cincinnati goes into Vegas and hammers Las Vegas 32-13, to 13, your final on that one. Yeah, and we can talk about the the Raiders' downfall and where they're, you know, not kind of, you know, up to snuff at this point. But, I mean, how about Cincinnati? How about the Bengals with a needed win? Um, I mean, we, we talked, we on this podcast talked weeks ago about how the Bengals were maybe the best team in the AFC. They were, you know, number one in, the, in you know, number one in the AFC. And then they fell hard. So to see the Bengals, to your point that you just made, win games that, Find not even find ways to win. Excuse me, win games that you need to win at this point of the season. That's all that you can ask from Cincinnati. A big performance from Joe Burrow. Big performance from uh, Jamar Chase. So much fun to watch. Uh, I know I'm still very strong on the Mac Jones as our offensive rookie of the year conversation, but you have to throw Chase in there as well. Got to be and Joe Mixon with a really good game. And yeah, the, the Bengals are a team that they're they're right there. They're right there in that AFC North, and that's it's going to be interesting. They they played the the Steelers this week, and they look to sweep them for the first time in seemingly forever. Um, Colt McCoy better than Russell Wilson. If I would have told you that four days ago, you would have laughed at me. But uh, on Sunday of this past week, uh, 
Colt McCoy was better than than Russell Wilson. 23 for the Cardinals, 13 for the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm so frustrated by this game. I I want I I just want the the best for Russell Wilson, and we're just not getting the best from from Russell Wilson at all right now. I mean, also disappointing because I know we we talked on on Friday about you know my basic analysis of if Kyler Murray plays and the the Cardinals win, if Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy plays, excuse me, then the Seahawks win, and that was not the case. Um, the Seahawks have a lot to figure out and. It feels like this very, you know, as much as we talk about their on-field performance, off the field, it feels like there's this very awkward um, kind of elongated goodbye between Pete Carroll and and Russell Wilson. And I don't know how to take this right now. Dave, how do you think Seahawk fans should should take, you know, what is, is this foreshadowing for what we're going to see at the end of the season and next and in the postseason? Let's think about this. Russell Wilson, upon going 12-4 and four last season, was very unhappy with Seattle, right? Very unhappy? Yeah. All right, they're now 3-7, and seven and they look lost. Offensively, they are a disaster. Pete Carroll freaked out at a press conference. Like It's really surprising now that we're back a couple weeks with Russ back in there and, and uh, that we, we had such a hard time scoring. The hard part of it is it's what it's been like, and it hasn't gotten better, and we have to improve. we got to find our ways. It feels like this is the end of the marriage, and what would really infuriate me is they gave up Two ones for Jamal Adams. That one this coming draft looks like it's going to be top 10. And I'm sorry, and I said this when he was with the Jets, Jamal Adams is not great. He's good around the line of scrimmage. You put this safety in coverage, he is awful. So I think it's the end of Carroll and Wilson. I think it's the end of this run for Seattle. And I think it is going to very quietly come to an end this season for that duo. I, I get I get what you're saying, but I don't think anything about this the end of this marriage can be quiet because it is I mean one of the best marriages that we've seen in the NFL for years. Um, Russell Wilson has been such a staple in Seattle for years. I, I it's it's going to be a really interesting situation to see when it plays out. But you're right, it does feel inevitable at this point. Uh, Kansas City, 19, Dallas, 9. Oh, thank goodness this happened. Uh, Cowboys offensively were just brutal. And there's going to be excuses. No Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb left the game. And Tyron Smith uh, didn't play. But uh, that's against that Chiefs defense to not put the ball in the end zone. Good job by the Cowboys defense holding Kansas City in the 19. But a very unimpressive performance from Dallas. Yeah, and I again, I, I hate the fact that I picked Dallas in this game, but I thought that they had it. I thought this was going to be the Cowboys because of what you just said, the Kansas City defense. It is horrible. I thought that we were going to see more from Dak Prescott in this offense. And yes, I'm not going to, I don't think excuses is the right word because it, it truly was tough hits to not have Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb goes out of the game. Tyron Smith is not in there. Um, Ezekiel Elliott dealing with some, some ankle injuries as well. I mean, everyone was banged up. But then again, at this point of the season, week t- going into week 12, everyone is dealing with something at this point of the season. It's just how much you're dealing with it and how you deal with it that that, that really factors into play. But disappointing from, from, from Dallas for sure. But I mean, for the Chiefs, you know, we, we had talked about if they were truly back or if it was kind of a one-game fluke. No, the Chiefs are back. This is it. They, they look like not not exactly the, the Kansas City of yore, but um, they are a, a dangerous team, especially in a, um, a pretty weak AFC. Yeah, very weak AFC, and they are a dangerous team. And, and you say that an awful defense. It's not great, I agree, but it, it has gotten better. I still will say and contend that there's something not right with Kansas City. Like, 
you're right. They beat Dallas and they beat them convincingly. And you never really thought that game was up for grabs. But 19 points, like like they just, I don't know. They had the ball in the red zone a couple times. They couldn't put a touchdown on the board. It, 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 you know, Mahomes didn't throw for a touchdown in this game. I, I don't think that the Kansas City offense is, is back. It's better, and and I think that they're trending in the right direction. But I don't I don't know that they're all the way back right now. It feels a little bit knockoff esque, right? It feels like maybe that it's they're they're putting together the pieces of the past, but the the trend is not on point. Something something is different this year about about what you're trying to force together. Yep, I, I tend to agree with that. And lastly, in what was maybe the game of the week, Chargers over the Steelers, 41-37. Justin Herbert, oh my God, was he good. 383 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Austin Eckler, four touchdowns in the game. Give the Steelers credit. Down by 17 in the fourth quarter. Took the lead, but just too much Justin Herbert and too much Mike Williams and the Chargers win what was a really fun Sunday night football game. Yeah, so much fun to watch. And I mean, finally, right? I mean, this this is what we saw from the Chargers earlier this season. And then it, they all seem to you know disappear midway through the year. To, to have them return right now feels so good if you're a Chargers fan. Um, I mean, amazing performance by Justin Herbert. But I also go back to something that we said last Friday. We we talked about you know the, the question at the time. We did not know if Ben Roethlisberger was going to play in this game, if it was going to be Mason Rudolph again. And the Chargers with um, this trend of sometimes like, playing down to the level of teams or, you know, not winning those close games. And I mean, this was another situation where the Steelers came roaring back and and the Chargers were able to get a a needed win um, and a, a confidence win as well, knowing again that they can they can win these games in close situations. They can hold on to a lead. That's exactly what you need when you're a playoff team. Uh, if the Chargers would have lost that game and blown a 17-point lead, I think your season could spiral out of control. So huge drive, big touchdown, good win, and the Chargers get the win, and they're right there to potentially win the uh, the AFC West. So there we have it. We went through every single game, did it beautifully. I'm Dave Rothenberg. She's Kristen Rogers. And again, this has been the NFL Edge Podcast. <laughs> 